Okay, let's get started with our discussion tonight of Parsha Shmos for Tavshin Ayin Aleph. Start off with a uh, Sefer Yagdil Torah, which I was Zoch at the final last year. I'm still working on the other volumes, but I have one on Shmos. I've been waiting a few months to use Yagdil Torah. So, uh, Baruch Hashem, the first thought we have is from the first piece in Yagdil Torah on Shmos, where the Pasuk says, obviously starting off our Parsha, the Sefer is called, even by way of introduction, called Parsha Shmos, even though it's not such an exciting name if we would translate it, the Book of Names. It's not really in English, we would say Exodus, but it's just the way of uh, the way that we call Svarim is by the first word, even though Chazal have a different name to almost each of the Svarim. Sefer Shmos is called Shmos, but it's really Sefer HaGeula, which we've spoken about, we mentioned the Ramban last year, two years ago, but that's the real name of Sefer, of Sefer Shmos. Sefer Vayikra, we call, Vay- we call it Vayikra, but really, that just means it's the Sefer and he called. But really, in the Midrashim, the Sefer is called Torah's Kohanim. It's the book of the Kohanim. Bamidbar, we call it Bamidbar, in the desert. But really, that's not the name that captures what Bamidbar is about. It's called Chumash HaPakudim in Midrashim, which is also about different types of numbering systems, Pekudim, and even Dvarim, which we call Dvarim, because it's the second word in the parsha, but the Midrashim called Dvarim Mishnah Torah. So really, every every Sefer, Bracious we call Bracious, that's called Sefer Hayetzira, different uh, names, but in general, uh, we call it by the first word in the, to- in the Sefer, or the first second word, but really, there's another name that captures what it is about. Even in Tanakh, sometimes we do that. We say it's Sefer Echa, but if you look at Midrashim, it's called Sefer Kinos. Kinos is the name of, uh, of Eicha in, in Midrashim. Okay, but we start off Sefer Shmos, Sefer Hagaula, about the birth of Klal Yisrael, the Eil Shmos B'nai Yisrael. These are the names of B'nai Yisrael, Haba'im Mitzrayma. That come to Mitzrayim. The question is asked on the word Haba'im. Ask the Yagdo Torah, Haba'im. They came. Haba'im is present tense. They're coming. They came already. They came many years earlier. They came in Vayigash. Right, so what do you mean, Habayim? These are the names of B'nai Yisrael, Habayim Mitzrayimah. So the Yagdo Torah quotes the base Yisrael, who quotes the name in the name of Rabbi Shua Mibels, Ki Haloshun Habayim Balalam Deinu. The word Habayim comes to teach us, She Yaakov Avinu Hishris B'nai Yisrael, Shelo Yargishu Atzmam Kitoshavim B'Mitzrayim. Yaakov Avinu implanted in his children the feeling that they should never think that they are Toshavim, that they are residents, that they are citizens, first and foremost, of the Gullus in which they find themselves. They are not Toshavim in Mitzrayim. Ella Kamosh is out the boat as if they just came. If you ever come somewhere new, so you're not comfortable. First day of a new school, not comfortable, it takes some time. You know, if you move into a new neighborhood, you walk into a shul you're not familiar with, I feel like I'm looking around, I'm somewhat self-conscious, I'm not comfortable there, I'm new, I don't feel at home. Teva ha'adam, kasher magil makom chadash, when I come to a new place, v'chash keben bayis b'shifto sham, and I feel uh, others, I see others around me, margish az mokitosha, misragel minhagi ha'makom, l'sfat ha'toshavim l'obusham, if I fit in, once the longer I'm there, I become comfortable in that spot. And I feel like a citizen. If at every moment I'm in that new spot, I realize that it's not for me. And I say, you know what? I, I can't wait to leave. And every second that I'm there, I'm not trying to fit in. Because I know this is not my place. 
I know this is not the environment I want to be in. So at every moment, I'm wishing, I'm hoping, I'm dreaming and thinking about a different spot, about the place that I know I'll be comfortable in, about my true home. That's the message of Habayim. Line six, You always want to leave. That's what Yaakov Avinu tried to be mashrish, tried to put into his into his uh, children. They should never feel that Mitzrayim is home. They should always feel Habam, they just came. They just came, but they always should want to get out. As we know, the Midrashim tell us, they didn't change their names, they didn't change their lavush, they didn't change all of these items because they're only there as strangers. This is not their home. This is not what it's all about. And the Beis Yisrael even quotes Al-Derek Drush, that if you look in the Haftorah of Parsha Shmos, the first three words of the Haftorah, this is not the Pshat, but the first three words of the Haftorah are Haba'im Yashresh Yaakov. Yatzitz Ufarach Yisrael. So Al-Derek Drush, what does that mean? Haba'im. That Hashkafa of Haba'im. That Hashkafa of, I just came, I'm not a Toshav here. Yashresh Yaakov. That's what he was Mashresh into his children. That's what he tried to put into the into his children's lives, into their hashkafa. And if that's the hashkafa, if we have the if we keep having that hashkafa of we're not Toshavim here, it's not the land in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be in, that will lead to Yatsetu Farfi Yisrael, we will eventually be able to sprout in our homeland. Yaakovinu Habayim that they shouldn't change the Lavush and their Lashon. And through this they'll be able and be Zochab to be able to go back to Eretz Yisrael. In any place we are in, in Gaulus for sure, but even now, as we're in Eretz Yisrael, we should never be comfortable with the state of affairs that we have now. We should never be comfortable with, oh, this is the end all and the be all, when all we have was a little piece of the outer wall of the Beis HaMikdash. We don't even realize what we're missing. We're like, oh, what's, how inspiring is it? We don't even realize how inspiring it was. And we have to realize, we should never be comfortable, A, in a physical gallus, but B, even if we are in Zohet, to be in Eretz Yisrael, we should realize that this is not our ultimate destiny, we need more. And the Beit Yisrael even quotes a story from the Belzarebi, that there was a certain chassid, the end of Source 1, a certain chassid that came to, build, to the Belzarebi that was having difficulty with Parnassah. They were going to with Parnassah. So the Rebbe told them, you know what, go to such and such a place, and you'll find Parnassah there. Okay, Parnassah there. It's, like, okay, it's a faraway place. It's it's not closed. There's not such a great uh, a great uh, neighborhood there. Not such a chevra. But he says, okay, the Rebbe told me to go. I'm going to go. Baram Hisnimo, line 21, But the Rebbe said, write me a letter right away. Write me a letter when you get there. Nasah hachasid v'tzliach parnasaso. So he went there. His Parnassah was was uh, becoming successful. He says to his Rebbe, says back a letter, you know what, Parnas is going okay, but you know what, I don't feel comfortable here. The Ruchnius, it's just, it's not, it's not such a great environment here. I know what I'm supposed to do. See, the Rebbe's like, it's okay. It's okay. So just stick with it. Your Parnas is good. You're doing okay. The next letter the Rebbe gets from him a few months later, Rebbe, the Parnas is going well, but... You know, I'm just not comfortable here. I don't, the sviva is not so, not so torani, and I don't like, the Rebbe's like, it's okay, it's okay. The next letter, the chassid says that, Rebbe, you know, I've, I've acclimated, everything's great. Everything's wonderful, it's okay. The Rebbe says, you gotta come back. 
The second that he got comfortable, the second that he thinks, okay, everything, the Rebbe says, okay, now you got something to worry about. Even if we're in a situation that maybe is not the best for our neshama, as long as we're aware of it, if we have to be in that situation, and therefore our guard is always up, and we're always taking the proper precautions, so then it's okay, then we're somewhat safe. But the second that it wears off, and the second that we think to ourselves, it's not so bad, and I'm fine, and I'm good, after we don't feel like Haba'im anymore, Haba'im Yashvish Yaakov, we don't feel like the Haba'im anymore, then we have to start worrying, and then we have to get out of that place as soon as we can. So that gets the ball rolling, and say for Shmos, the Yagdal Torah, Elu Shmos B'nai Yisrael, Haba'im Mitzrayimah, they came to Mitzrayim. So we continue the parsha. Paro has to think of a plan, what to do with the Jewish problem. And in Perak Aleph, Pasik, Yudalid, Vayimaras Chayem, Vavodak Hasha, he makes their life miserable. Vayimar Melech Mitzrayim, Lam Yaldos, Evriyos, he says to the Mialdos, Asher Shemach, Ashifra, Vashem Ashtinus Pua. He says to Shifra and Pua, again, we've discussed last year, not their real names, Miriam and Yocheved, maybe the Torah is trying to hide. Mepharshim point out, not a name is given. The real names are not given here, but besides the Shvatim at the beginning, not a name is given until Moshe is born. Moshe is the first name. His parents aren't even mentioned later on when he's born. A man from Levi takes a Bas Levi, as if the Torah is saying the stage is being set for Moshe Rabbeinu. Nothing, everything else is background. Yeah, we'll find out at Shifra, who Shifra and Pua are. But the names aren't said until Moshe Rabbeinu comes onto the scene as he's named by Basparo. No other names are given. Fascinating that nothing else is written besides that. Okay, so Shifra and Pua. Vayomer and Paro tells these midwives. When the Jewish women start having babies in Ben Huvahmitenoto, if it's a Jewish boy, you kill them. Because Paro said, I saw in the stars that there's going to be a savior, a Moshiach of the Jewish people that are going to be born. Remember, he had Pia people who could tell the future. They were a little confused by his dream a couple of parshios ago, but they could see into the future. So, if there's a Jewish boy, kill him. The girl's no problem. you got to kill the boys. And what happened? The midwives feared God. And they did not carry out the plan. They didn't listen. And what they do? They let the kids live. And he called them. Why you let them live? And they said, no, there's nothing we can do about it. The babies come out so fast. Babies come out so fast. So, the question is asked. These midwives feared God. So ask the Chavetz Chaim. Ask the Chavetz Chaim if they feared God. So why were they involved at all? If they feared God, why didn't they just say, we're out of here. We're not being involved in this. He wants us to kill these babies? No way. We're not, we're not getting involved. Yes, the Chavetz Chaim is source number two. A form of this is quoted in the Chavetz Chaim al Torah, but a different form, a little bit, is quoted here in the Chavetz Chaim al Source number two. Pamachas ba It's the Devar Torah said in the context of a story. So anyone wants to get to the Chavetz Chaim. Echad me tell me the one of his students. And he asked, one of the Kehilos in Lita wants me to be their rabbi. It's such a hush of position. Me? I'm going to take such a position? Who am I? 
How could I do it? Shemi Kasha Vyoro Yifsak Shalokadin. Maybe Chasva Shalom. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give the wrong psak. I don't know what to do. So he's asking the Chavis Chaim. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm so worthy. I don't know. I'm I'm nervous. Benekulator near Pabimanu. They ask so many questions. They say we want you. We want you. We want you. So should I take the position or not? Says the Chavis Chaim. Of course you take the position. Vaday Shalech Alakabos Bissas Arav. And I'll prove it to you from Parsha Shmos. And he asked our question. These Mialdos, the Pasik says, they feared Akadish Barakhu. Lahamis Kalben. So why didn't they stop? Lukharakasha line five. Madua Acharesha Paro Bikesh Miamialdos. Davar Konora. Paro has such a terrible action. Kill the babies. So how could they even dare be involved? Let somebody else do it. Lahamis Kalben. Well Pirshu. Says the Chavis Chaim, because you know what? They thought to themselves, if we don't do it, then who's going to do it? If we're not here, who's going to take our place? At least we're Yerei Shemayim. At least we'll try to do our best in the situation, though it's challenging. But you know what? Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us here. Dafka biglal Dafka because of their Yerei Shemayim. They didn't leave. If they didn't have your Shemayim, they'd say, what do I need this for? Maybe other midwives would come. That might listen to Paro. Kill the babies. And that's why. That's why they stayed. Because they said, we got to do it. We got to be in the position. Said the Chavetz Chaim to this Talmud, you have to go because you're, you're a Yerei Shemayim. What do you want them to get? You do what's incumbent upon you. Very similar story is told about Yisrael Salanter. There was a shochet in Yisrael Salanter's town that once came to him and said to Rabbi Yisrael, you know, I'm giving up shchita. Giving up shchita. You're the shochet of the town. You're the mahadran of the town. Can you give up the shchita? He said, no, you don't understand, Rabbi. Every morning before I shech, I'm I'm shaking. I'm shaking, I'm so nervous that maybe I'm going to, my knife, I'm going to pass the shechita, and I cry, and I'm nervous, and I, and I force myself to focus and concentrate, and by the shechita, I do it, and I check afterwards, and, but I can't, it's, it's so pressurized. Says the Chavetz Chaim. So you want somebody with, with less nervousness to be shechting? You want somebody who doesn't care so much to be shechting? I'm okay to have my shochet cry every morning, and be worried that he's going to pass the shechita, and therefore do it properly. But Tirenes and Mialdos and Oved Hashem stands up to a challenge and says, I will do the best for the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Maybe put me in this situation for this reason. Right? And Megiyah, Eis Kazos, he got to Lomalchus. Dafka, for this reason, maybe this is what a Kaddish Baruch Hu, maybe this is what he wants from me. Okay. Moving right along. So, Perak Aleph, we have the background and Perak Beis. Moshe Rabbeinu's birth. Moshe Rabbeinu is born, and his mother cannot hide him after three months. We mentioned in the past that Moshe Rabbeinu was born after six months, three months early, because the Egyptians knew, figured out exactly when women became pregnant, so they checked at the end of nine months. That's why they came at the end of nine months when Yochebed was supposed to have the baby, but he was born three months earlier. But at this time they came to check, so he couldn't, uh, she couldn't hide him anymore. If you do the math, Moshe Rabbeinu's due date was on Shavuos, right, three months after Zion Adam. 
So that other is born. Nisan of Sivan, another uniqueness of Shvuis. We got the Torah on Shvuis, so Moshe Avinu's due date was on Shvuis, three months after he was born. So this happened on Shvuis, right here, three months uh, after he was born. They couldn't hide him anymore, and they put him out into the sea. Miriam watches, and the ultimate name of Moshe Rabbeinu is given. All the stories are told about Moshe Rabbeinu's youth. We spoke last year about the three altercations that Moshe Rabbeinu witnesses outside his window when he uh, is in Mitzrayim, Jew-Jew, Jew-Non-Jew, and then he comes to Midian, and there are two non-Jews fighting. And finally, after the Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Midian, so we come back to Mitzrayim. Pasach of Gimel. The king of Egypt has died. Groan and cry out. In these two psukim here, we have many different lashonos of tefillah. They groan. And they scream out. Every one of these has a different connotation. We're going to focus on one in the next pasik. Vayishma Elokim es na'akasam. Hashem hears their na'aka. And he remembers the bris of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. What's na'akasam? Rashi says one word, tsa'akasam. They're tsa'aka. They're screaming out. What does the word na'aka mean? Especially compared to the other words, shava and za'aka and anacha. What's unique about na'aka? So as one would have guessed, we're going to do a Rav Pekis on this Pasuk. The basis of all tefillah in our generation, Teferah Shimshom. This is his commentary on Chumash Na'akasa. Says Rav Shimshon Pinkus. Na'aka hi'achas mi'asar l'shonos shal tefillah shedimnu chazal. Na'aka is one of the ten l'shonos of tefillah. Chazal lift off ten l'shonos. The beginning of Parshas Vo'es Chanan. Moshe Rabbeinu David many, many times. Chazal there say that there were, there were ten types of tefillah. That's the basis of Rav Pinkus' Sefer on tefillah, Sha'arim B'Tefillah. He goes through each and every type of tefillah and tries to capture its essence. What's Na'aka? V'nira. Says Rav Pinkus. Sha'ana'aka bi'ikara eno lashon shal tefillah. At root, Na'aka is not prayer. Na'aka doesn't have any words. All it is, is screaming out. That's what Na'aka is. It's a crying out. What an unbelievable deek in the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? That they cried out, Vayiskar, most of the time when you cry out, it's to Hashem. Here, it just says Hashem heard their na'aka. It doesn't say they were na'aka to Hashem. Whatever the verb would be. It just says, Vayishvalakim is na'aka Why? Kinaka is just uh, an inherent, an instinctual scream because of pain, because of Yisurin. Ki na'aka hitzakas anacha vehemaya meirot tzara. Because of its tzara, ka'adam ha'no'ek me'avodas perech. Otsaros Marubos, there's somebody's in pain. Terrible tragedy. Yisurim Gedolin. Viafilo Kishu Yachut Yachidivelo Milamilitzok. Says Repinkus. Why is it? Why is it that when we're in pain, we cry out? Even if we're alone. 
Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu put that into the Bria? That when somebody is hurt, when somebody is, is, is going through a difficult time, they scream out, they cry out. Where did that come from? What's the point of it? What's the purpose of a cry? So you're, okay, it's to get help. But what if somebody's alone for miles, and they know they're alone for miles, and they stub their toe, they're still going to scream. Why? Why is that in the Bria? Why is that the Teva? Says Rav Pinkus, line 13. Hine Roim. Sorry, let's go back. Amnam Chazal, line 8. Chazal Kadoshib Shemanu Asana Aka Kachas Bilashar Sotfila. This na'aka, which is a natural crying out, Chazal took and made it a, a type of tefillah. But it's a natural, instinctual crying out. Why should it be a form of tefillah? You know what Chazal are trying to tell us? Every time we cry out, in any context, because we're naturally in pain, the goal of a person is to channel that crying to HaKadosh Baruch. To channel that crying to Hashem. The groaning, the natural crying out. Even though it's natural. Right, I sit there and I, and, I, and I smash myself and I'm in pain on the floor, writhing. What do I do? If we can, and it's a high level, if we're really in pain, to channel it, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as at Saaka Agadol Azos Yechavein Latfilo Vakasha Kaadam Amevi Kevo V'Tzarasal Vechavero. Not just during Tfila, but the natural Naaka, the natural crying out. Hine Rolamano, what do you see from here? Shehitbia Hakadosh Baruch Hu B'Teva Habria. Hakadosh Baruch Hu put it into the natural world. Shemishi Yeshlo Yisurim Tzoeik Valkarcho V'Shlo Merzono. If somebody's in pain, they cry out. That's the natural reaction that they have. You can't help it. You can't help it. Like, like anything you can't help. There are many things you can't help. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put it into the Bria. What's the message? But the root, says Rav Pincus, of every groaning, what did we say so far? We should take every groaning and crying out and channel it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says our pick us now, go back a step. The root of every crying out, really deep down, is a crying out to God. Afterwards, as you think about it, even animals cry out. Animals also have that special connection. Every scream in the world. Deep, deep down, every scream is a scream for help to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shari Kasser Chasel Amashi, if we're missing something, if something hurts, we're crying to our Father. Avinu Shabbat even though we don't realize it. But that's what the Teva teaches us. It teaches us that when we're hurt and we cry out, deep, deep down, that's to God. So it's our job, if we can, to try to channel to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the lesson that we learned, that Chazal put in the Akab, on the list of ten tefillahs. Because if you think about it, Naka is just screaming. That's not tefillah. Yes, it is tefillah. Deep down, the natural crying out is a form of tefillah. And he even quotes a fascinating story from Rebar Bear, at the top of the next page, source number five. Again, a very 
Interesting story of Baruch Baruch when he's a little child. His father once gave him a pot. She hit him because he was doing something childish. And Baruch Baruch, one of the great Talmidim of Rechayim, he started to cry. And all of a sudden, while he was crying, he ran in and got a sitter and started davening Mincha. And his father said, what are you doing? I just, you know, why are you, why are you running to daven Mincha now? So Baruch Baruch says, well, I'm crying anyway, so I might as well use it for davening purposes. That's Baruch Baruch. But the story illustrates the message that Pincus is trying to get across. Line 6. It's wondrous to the one who thinks about it. Why should I cry for nothing? If I'm already crying, let me at least channel it. Crying anyway. A cry could be so valuable. A cry should be, could be so accomplished so much in Shamayim. What does the Gemara say? Sha'arei tefillah is sometimes closed, but Sha'arei demos are never closed. A cry could do so much. Ki yimachamna l'shamayim, ein l'chadavar tovi mana, ki be'emes ha'demos v'anachos ha'tivios, ha'vos aleinu balkarcheinu be'isara, those cries that come to us naturally, hein yahalomim, they're pearls, they're diamonds, Umargalios yikaros ad ma'od. They're precious gems. For whatever reason, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is putting us in pain, we can never ask the why question. That's not for us. The what? What does God want me to do with this situation? Turn to Him. Turn to Him. That's the message of Na'aka being a form of tefillah. That's what picks. Okay. So, very next Pasuk. We continue all these forms of tefillah. Anacha, Za'aka, Shava, Na'aka. Hashem remembers the bris that he had with the Avos. Avram Yisrael and Yaakov. Vayara Elohim is B'nai Yisrael. And Hashem sees B'nai Yisrael. Vayeda Elohim. And Hashem knows them. What does it mean that he knows them? Vayeda Elohim. Rashi, Vayeda Elohim. Natan Alehem Lev. He put a heart on them. Velo Ha'alem Einav. And he did not hold back his eyes. Oh, Nasa, he gave them Nasa Lam Lev. What exactly does that mean, Vayeda Elohim? Says the Beis HaLevi in source number six. L'chore eno muvan, kavana shal siyim apasak Vayeda Elohim. I think we mentioned this thought in a Haggadah year in past years, so don't hold me to it. I do apologize. There was one thought. I looked back at my notes. I usually try to make sure I don't repeat in the Parsha year. There was one thought I mentioned last week that I mentioned two years ago. So I uh, apologize. I forgot which one it was, but uh, those of you keeping track out there that, that say, didn't he mention that before? So, yes, you got me. But, uh, but this one I did mention in a, uh, a Haggadah year. But it's good Chazar anyway. Good Chazar once in a while. Nobody's perfect. Zechel Chorban. So, says the Beis HaLevi. What exactly is Vayeda Elohim? God knew them. What is that? What do you mean he knew them? So there's a Medrash. It's a Medrash. Line 4. The Kitrik Sarsha Mitzrayim al Yisrael. The angel of Egypt. We know the Ramban writes in Parshas Achremos that every country in the world besides Eretz Yisrael has an administering angel above that country, above that land, and that Kodesh Baruch Hu gives whatever he needs to give to that land through that administering angel. Obviously, that angel has no inherent power. Obviously, chas v'shalom, we cannot serve such a malach. But the Ramban says, other Rishonim, the Ramban would never say such a thing, but the Ramban says there are saroshel esav, saroshel blank, saro, all this arm. Yaakov fought with the saroshel esav, and the sar of America, and the sar of France, and the sar of China, 
every country. What does that mean? It means indirect hashkacha. This indirect hashkacha in every other country besides Eretz Yisrael. Fine. But the Sar of Mitzrayim says to Hashem, why do the Jews uh, merit to be redeemed? They're such a great people. These Jews are such a great people. You're going to wipe out my land, Mitzrayim. Right? Look at these Jews. They're worshipping a Vodazara too. The Kidrik Sarsha Mitzrayim Ay Yisrael Sha'ab the Vodazara. They're also over the Vodazara. Ubalo Hachuva. Hashem answers the Medrash. Halalu Ovdu Mitoch Shibu to Mitoch Tirif Hadas. No, no, no. The Jews are only doing it because they're forced to do it. They're in an un- untenable situation. Shema Atadana Shoge Kemezid. These Egyptians are doing Avodah Zarah willingly. What are the Jews doing? They're forced. They have no choice. They have no time to think. They can't do anything. But I know, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if they wouldn't be in this situation, then they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Says the Beis HaLevi, where it's underlined. V'hinei, Tainus Ones, Lo Shayik, Rachecha, Dim Lo Hayaha Ones, Lo Haya Osa Oso Davar. The taina of ones. Oh, I'm the ones. It's out of my control. That only applies where if the ones weren't there, I wouldn't be doing the action. The ones I'm forced to do it. So then I get the patur of ones. But let's say I love eating treif. Chas v'shalom. And then somebody puts a gun to my head and says, "Eat this piece of treif." And I eat the piece of treif. You know what? I don't get the Petur of Onis. If I would have eaten it anyway, so then I don't get, oh, Kodesh says, no, no, oh, it's okay, you were, you were nanas. No. It's only if I wouldn't have done it without the Onis, so then I could say, Kodesh Baruch wasn't my fault. But if I would have done it anyway, then you can't say that. Right? That's what the, he quotes the Hafla. The Hafla quotes the Gemara Subis. This is quoted in many a Yishev Eretz Yisrael Shir. The Hafla, the Rebbe, the Chazam Sofer. He quotes, Tibishayim Ishto Esrashanim Balo Yalda, the Pidina, the Gemara, Kofanos, the This is a Halacha. It's quoted in the Gemara that if somebody lives with his wife for 10 years and doesn't have a child, so Pidina, the Gemara, uh, maybe it's time for, for him to find a new wife. The Kasua Poskim, the Bechutzlar, it's in Kofan. But the poskim say that if they lived in Chutz La'aretz, then there's no kfiyah. Why? Because maybe the avon of living in Chutz La'aretz is what's holding them back from having children. That's what the Gemara says. The Dilma, avon yeshivaso bechutz la'aretz garm l'shleyoda ishto. What does the hafla say? Afal gabda na paskin krabchen koen, even though there are some rishonim that say, oh, you can't move to Eretz Yisrael anymore. But you can't move there to Israel because it's dangerous. It's a sheet of Reb Chaim Cohen, which we're not getting into now. It's a sheet in the end of Tosas Exubis. But says the Hafla, you only have the heter of, oh, I'm ba'onet, it's dangerous, so I can't move there. Only if, without that excuse, one would move there. If one wouldn't move there anyway, says the Hafla, because one is comfortable and one is happy where they are, then you can't use that excuse. Ones is only an excuse if I really would do it, or I wouldn't do it, had the Onis not be there. So says the Beis HaLevi. Says the Beis HaLevi now, skipping down a couple of lines. Umizeh Yatsa, line 26. If somebody, Rachman violates a mitzvah, even though sometimes an Onis occurs that he can't fulfill the mitzvah, that's not called an ones if I wouldn't have done it anyway. 
Line four in the next column. If I'm a chalal Shabbos, when I'm not an ones, gam bimalacha shehu anus, mikri machalel. So that even if I'm forced to be machalal Shabbos, I don't say that I'm not being machalal Shabbos, I am being machalal Shabbos. That is the Beis HaLevi. So what does that have to do with this Pasik? That's the Pshad of the two words in our Pasik. Vayeda Elokim. Hashem knew us. What does it mean he knew us? The bottom of the Beis HaLevi. V'zeo shekasu vayedas b'ravayas 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 Pirish. Shera'a ma'asem shal Yisra'a ma'asha osim ata b'shibudam. Hashem saw what they were doing and he knew that we wouldn't be doing it without the Ones. Hashem says to the Sar of Mitzrayim, no, 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 don't tell me halal of the Avodah Zarah, but halal of the Avodah Zarah. They're both worshipping Avodah Zarah. No, there's a big difference between the two. The Bnei Yisrael are worshipping Avodah Zarah only mitoch Ones. And if the Ones wouldn't be there, they wouldn't worship the Avodah Zarah. That's not called worshipping. They're Zoha to be redeemed. The Yada, Hecha Yuhem Osim, Im Loha Yalem Ze'ashibud, Viha Ones Shal Mitzrayim, this is what a Kaddish Baruch Hu answered. Halalua mitoch shibud or mitoch terech hadas shemata don al shogi kemez avonis karatzon. You want to say it's the same thing? No, no, no. There's a big difference. As the pasuk continues, the Beis Halevi continues on the next page. Quote the pasuk in Tehillim, line four. The beptinius halev anachnu tovim umashalaf amim nata ashurenu minarchech. That's not our problem. That's we really would rather not. This is the Beis Halevi. So I mentioned in the past when this came up, this Beis Alevi is a basis for a very interesting halachic machlokas. Machlokas aposkim between Moshe Feinstein and Shlomo Zaman Oyerbach, the great doli aposkim of, of our generation. Shlomo Zaman is quoted in the footnotes in the Shpir Shabbos as saying, let's say there is a doctor, a frum doctor, Shomer Shabbos doctor, who is on call on Shabbos. Is it appropriate to try to switch call with a guy 100%. Yes. Try to switch call with a guy. A Jew must, must should try to do whatever he can to try to switch call with a guy. Let the guy work on Shabbos and the Jew will work on Sunday. The Jew will work the rest of the time during the week. Okay. It's inconvenient and convenient. But we're Shomer Shabbos. So therefore, we have to do the best we can. All right. Big sugi now. We're not going to get to Shomer Shabbos residencies. The post can discuss it. But what if I have the choice? I'm a from doctor and I could switch my call with a non-from Jewish doctor. Should I try? Is it better to switch my call with a non from Jewish doctor who I might say, well, hey, he's going to be Mechal Shabbos anyway. He's going to the golf course. He's doing this. He's doing that. He might as well be Mechal Shabbos in the hospital where he's doing some mitzvahs there. And maybe there some of it will be L'Shem Mitzvah. Should I say that? Or should I say, no. If somebody's going to be Mechal Shabbos anyway, that even if there's a situation where they're forced to be Mechalo Shabbos, you don't get the credit. And that's still called Chilo Shabbos. That is a machlokas between Rav Moshe and Rav Shlomo Zalman. Rav Shlomo Zalman says in source number 9, and Rav Neuwirth, the author, puts this together with Arbe Salevi. V'shamati me'gonar Shlomo Zalman Orbach Shlita. That's from the old version. D'nered da'adiv tefelas is malachai de shomer mitzvah shekavanasa la mitzvah. It's better if the firm doctor does it because when he acts, he's doing it l'shem mitzvahs bikuach nefesh. That's called shmir shabbos. That's not called chilul shabbos. Ki al yedei avaryan asher kavanasa rakav or betzah kesef. If somebody would be machal anyway, I forgot to go in mitzvah. 
even if now he's doing a mitzvah, we come up on Havilekin is Kavin, Labasar Chazir, Valabiyadav Basar Tzlat. It's as if he thinks he's eating trafe and he happens, oh, kosher food. But you're not such a great tzaddik there. As the Gemara Kedushin says, there's Lifna'i there and you have to do tshuva for that. If I end up not doing an Aveira, I thought I was doing an Aveira. Says there Shlomo Zalman, no, no, no. The firm doctor should do the call because they're doing it with Mitzvah and that's not called Chilol Shabbos. Masha'enkin, Rav Moshe, in source number 10, Rav Moshe says, on line 11, we're not going to read the whole tshuva, Gam tam lahatir af im yehudim she'inam shomrei Torah. Shagam shekshi sharu bebeisam yichalalu Shabbos bemezid bekomalach hashay yizdamein. Even though they're going to be mechal Shabbos in their homes, lo pachos miyamalach hashay yizdamein bebeisam yizdamein. Right? They're not going to do any less malachas. Shem kain ain bazel lifnei iver bazel shoch lefulahu malachas bemalachas. You're switching. You might as well let them do it in the hospital. That is machlokas between Ramosh and Shlomo Zalman based on this idea of the Beis Halevi. Okay. Moving right along. Chock full. Chock full parshas. We know all of these parshas. Every parsha is chock full. We shouldn't have the attitude before any parsha that it's not chock full. It just takes a little longer to prepare. Says the Pasuk in Paragimel. First word. Moshe, Moshe, like all great figures in Tanakh, was a shepherd. He took the tzon. He comes to Choreh. He sees, here's the Pasuk, he sees a Malach Hashem in the, in the Labas Eish, Mitocha Sneh, in the Sneh, Vayar, Vihine Asneh Boer Boeish, the Sneh is burning, Vahasneh Einenu Ukal. And the Sneh is not burning, the fire is in the bush, but the bush is not burning. The final three thoughts, two out of the three thoughts that we're going to have tonight, is going to be about the Sneh. So if you look, if we analyze the Pesukim for a minute, the first it says that Moshe says, Pasa Gimel, Vayar Moshe, What's going on? The bush isn't burning. Why isn't this bush burning? Vayar Hashem Kisar Leros. Hashem sees that, oh, I got his attention. Good. I got his attention. Vayikra Elov Elokim Mitoch Hasneh Vayar Moshe Moshe Vayomar Hineini. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, if we look closely at these psukim, there are three levels of recognition, of vision that Moshe Rabbeinu went through. Remember, this was his first divine meeting. This was his first contact with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, it came in stages. Line 9, let's start with. V'yalderech ha-pshat. Inyan ha-parsha ha-zos. Ki Moshe hisig shloshe inyanim. Ve'elu heim. Ha-eish. Ve'hamalach. Ve'hashchina. There were three stages here that Moshe Rabbeinu saw. T'chila ra'ah ha-eish. Sh'ha'islam mislakechaz besneh. What got Moshe's attention? Fire. Purely physical. This world's type of vision. Something was going on here. There was fire. The bush wasn't burning. But step one, Moshe Rabbeinu saw fire. Fire that was doing something unusual. But it was fire. He saw this with his physical eye. There was nothing spiritual. He just saw fire. And the bush wasn't burning. 
He realized, wow, it's a fire. And he sees it's real fire of this world. He thinks that it's a regular run-of-the-mill fire. What's going on here? Right, remember, Moshe Rabbeinu first comes close. Only when he realizes, oh my goodness, what is that? He jumps back. But first he comes close. Why did he come close? Because he first he thought it was a regular fire. That was step one. Wow, what is going on with this bush? This is a magic bush. Something's with the bush or something is unique about the fire. And if Moshe Rabbeinu knew at that time, as we see in the next Pasuk, if he knew there was something divine about this fire, he would not have come close in the first place. He would have run away. So step one, says Rabbeinu Bachai, he didn't know. All he saw was fire, he comes close. But then as he gets closer, All of a sudden, his spiritual antennas start lighting up. Moshe Rabbeinu recognizes and visualizes and realizes that there's a Malach Hashem there. V'zeo she'amar v'yiram Malach Hashem elav b'labas eish mitoch hasneh. Mashmas ha'kosuv ki labas eish ra'a t'chila v'yachar kach Malach mitoch ha'esh. Because he sees a Malach b'labas eish. The eish came first in his recognition. And then the Malach. Malach Hashem means a secondary vision. He doesn't see whatever it means to see the Shechina. Finally, next pasuk, Vayar Hashem The final stage, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, finally speaks directly to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Navi Vlokam Navi Kamosha. This was the beginning. This was his roots. Because this was the first time that Moshe Rabbeinu was having such an experience, Hashem didn't want to scare him. Hashem wanted to slowly educate and bring him closer. Wanted to bring him up until his quote unquote his seichel. He was ready for it. He was ready for it. Even Moshe Rabbeinu had to go step by step. This is why, right? You can ask the question: Why a burning bush? Why didn't he just call out Moshe? Why didn't he just call it? No, because it's got to be step by step. He had, he had to have something physical first to get Moshe's attention, to realize something unusual is going on here. And then slowly, Malach Hashem, and then actual Kaddish Baruch Hu. Mashal Amadavadomi gives a mashal. Let's say we're in a very dark room. We're in a very dark room. If we're in a very dark room, it's pitch black, we go outside, ah, oh, eyes. Now we want it to get light slowly. When I wake up my kids in the morning, right, it's pitch black, open the tree, say, no, 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 slowly, slowly. No, it's like, no. You got it, you want it, you want that, you want to shock them sometimes. Sometimes parents want to shock them, make sure they get up. But what naturally, we don't want to do that to our eyes. Slowly. We want to want to get get used to it and acclimated to the situation. Moshe Rabbeinu had to be acclimated to be Rabbeinu. Okay, in the end of line 21, we have to look at the light little by little until we get used to it. Just like 
Just like in the physical realm this applies, so too in the spiritual, intellectual realm this applies. Ki hadvarim asichliyim bedim yon hadvarim ativiyim. And you know what says Rebbein Avachai? Amazingly, the same thing with Klal Yisrael. After Klal Yisrael was born, we became a nation. We didn't get the Torah the day after Kriyas Yamsuf. Right? Six weeks later. Six weeks later, the priest said, oh, brother, just give us the Torah. We're free. Give it to us. No, no, no. It's got to be slowly. And you know what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu also said, you know what? Let me give you a couple of mitzvahs first. I'll give you Kibbut Aim. I'll give you Dinim, Paraduma. I'll give you a couple of mitzvahs in Mara. A couple of weeks later, Har Sinai, Sarah That's a lot. But you know what? He didn't give 613 that day. After that, Moshe Rabbeinu stays up on our Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he was supposed to come down and teach it to us 40 days later, the rest of the Torah. But again, you see the different stages. Stages, a couple of mitzvahs, Aseris Adibris, and all the mitzvahs after that. That's what he says in the third to last line. V'chein matzina b'Yisrael, she'echin chana kadosh baruchu b'desina satorah ma'at, t'chila b'mara, Shabbos dinim, then Aseris Adibris, and then the rest of the Torah, a lot of them afterwards, and even some all the way at the end. Sefer Dvarim. According to some Rishonim, some of them, those mitzvahs weren't given until the 40th year. Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu also knew in, on the national level that it has to go la'at la'at, just like, just like walking out of a dark room. And he even says, maybe that's shot of the Pasuk in Navi. Look at the, turn, turn the page for a minute. Source 12, the third line, the Navi says, Hashem. We shall know and run after knowing God, kishachar nachon motzao. And knowing God is like the shachar, it's like the morning. You ever think about it? It's, it's beautiful. Why did Nakarish Baruch Hu, he could have made the world, it's nighttime, boom, it's morning. Right? Like, just like opening the tree sim. Kodesh Baruch Hu could have had tree sim on the sun, and in the morning, oh, it's not, wake up, everybody. No, what does Nakarish Baruch Hu do? Slow. It's dawn. A little bit later, you see the rays of the sun coming slowly, slowly. And even after the sunrise, it's over there, it's on the horizon, until the middle of the day, okay, it's the lightest. Kaddish Baruch Hu knows what's best for us in the physical realm and in the spiritual. We look at nature, right? We spoke a couple things about nature tonight. Nature teaches us. The sun teaches us. The fact that we cry out when we're hurt teaches us, says Rapinkus. We learn things from nature, from the natural, from the natural world. Rabbeinu Bachai gives us that insight. It's been waiting 800 years for us to uncover that. But Baruch Hashem, now we do. Okay, we have another thought about the snap, but we'll wait for that. We'll just say one other shorter thought, and then we'll come back to the snap. Source 13, the end of the parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu, we have the whole dusiach, the whole conversation. Hashem says, I want you. Moshe says, no, no, yes, no, yes. Until finally, Kaddish Baruch Hu gets very angry at Moshe Rabbeinu. Enough already. You're doing this. You're going back to Mitzrayim. I'm not sending anybody else. You're the right man for the job. Shishi. What happens? Pasuk says in... Not, uh, not Shishi. So where is the... Um, the uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu says that I'm going to send you... I'm going to send you back. Let me just find the Rashi. I just lost it. I'm going to send you back. And the... Pazik says that Kaddish Baruch Hu promises. Moshe Rabbeinu says, how will I know? How do I know that they will believe me? And Kaddish Baruch Hu says, don't worry. They will believe you. They will listen to your words. So what does Rashi say there? I gave it to you in the beginning of Source 13. The Nachlas Yaakov is the Nesivus' commentary on the Torah. 
Rav Yaakov Milisa, a little safer, Yenaklas Yaakov, the Nesivis, more famous for the Nesivis on Choshe Mishpat, but he is a little safer on Chomish. V'sham alokolach, apirish Rashi, Shemishoros ayyabiyadam, the Bnei Yisrael have a Misora, meyavosam from their forefathers, Shemisho Omer pepikidat tula, sheyiyah hagoel haemes, v'hutamua. Whoever says, pakod yifkod, whoever uses a double washon, that I'm going to redeem you, pakod pakadati, right, the passage at the end of Bayechi, by Yosef, whoever uses that washon, they have a misora, that that's the real ku'ula, pakod pakadati. So the famous question is asked, why couldn't somebody, everybody, if everybody knew it, why couldn't somebody be a fake and get up and say, pakod pakadati? Right, it was the magic words. The person who said pakod pakadati, he's going to be the one. So you can answer, Akadosh Baruch Hu knew that nobody would be a fake until the real one comes. Okay. But then Nachlas Yaakov says in Source 13 in Nifram Shat. What does it mean to double wash on Pakot Pakadati? Says the Nachlas Yaakov, third line. To be Manashach. Any faker could do it. This was the Kavana. As we know, B'nai Yisrael were supposed to be in Mitzrayim for 400 years. That's what bothered Moshe Rabbeinu. They're not going to listen to me. Because everybody knows the Brisbane Abbasarim. Everybody knows 400 years. It's only been 210, 209 at that time. It's too early. They're not going to believe me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Pakot Pakadati. There's a double Pakida. What does that mean? Says the Nachazdachah beautifully. We know in the future, in the Geula Ha'asida, there's a double Pakida. What is that? The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Bi'ita Achishena. If we're Zoche, the Ugula could come sooner. If we're not Zoche, it'll come at the time when it's supposed to come. Just like there's a double Gula possible in the future, Pakot Pakadati, they know that there's a possibility for a double, for an earlier one, if things work out in certain ways. Yes, there's an ultimate. It doesn't just mean a, a language issue, Pakot Pakadati. But it means that there's a, and they know there's a Mesorah, that even though you seem to think that, oh, you're early, they're not going to trust you? No. They will trust you and they can trust you. Just like Be'itach Hishen in the future, so too Pakod Bakadati, and in the time of Mitzrayim, line 11, and therefore don't worry about it, they will trust you. That's the double lashon of Pakot Bakadati. It's not a language issue, says the Nachos Yaakov, but rather it is about the Geula itself. Okay, one final thought, going back to the Sneh. This also I mentioned in the Shabbos HaGadol Drasha a number of years ago. Shabbos HaGadol, this is the parshiot that you use, most for Rabo. It's a thought from Rav Salvechik. Start off with a question. And you have it here from me, Pnini Harav, Rav Shechter, Second Sefer, about the Rav, right? They have Nefesh Harav, Pnini Harav, now the third volume is out, Dibri Harav. But Rav Shechter writes this thought, but I'll ask it as a question that he answers in the continuation. We say in the Haggadah, Avadim Hayinu Lepara B'Mitzrayim. We are Avadim Tepara. Why do we say Avadim Hayinu Lepara instead of saying Avde Paro Hayinu? That would have been much simpler and straightforward. Avdi paro hayinu. No, we don't say that. We say avadim hayinu leparo. After all, if we look in Hallel, what do we say in Hallel? Halaluka halalu avde Hashem. Avde Hashem. So we avde Hashem. So weren't we avde paro 
and then became Avdei Hashem? No. What do we say? Avadim Hayinu Lepara. So why? What's the difference between Avadim Hayinu Lepara and Avdei Paro Hayinu? Says the Rav. Vayar Malach Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayar Malach Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu sees the snare. Why Dafka the snare? Why was that the message, the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu first revealed himself to Moshe Rabbeinu? We find a number of times in this story, in this parsha, next parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu wonders. Rashi quotes it on this parsha. Why are Bnei Yisrael Zoha to the Geula? What have they done? You know what I see, says Moshe Rabbeinu? I see two Jews who wanted to get me killed after I killed an Egyptian. That's what I see. I see Jews who are not getting along with each other. In what merit do they have? I see them. They don't look like such a righteous nation. They're on the 49th level of Tumah. They're busy doing Abu Zara. Why are they Zoha? Moshe Rabbeinu was bothered. So what does the Kaddish Baruch Hu give him and answer him? He gives him a snack. He gives him a bush with a fire inside, but the bush isn't burning. As if to tell, to tell Moshe Rabbeinu, the Jews might be cold on the outside, but deep inside is a fire in everyone. There's a fire that doesn't go out. Line 14. Moshe Rabbeinu just looked at the outside. He said, what are they? They're not right for Geula. Hashem told him the snare. What is that to teach him? Deep down, there's the pintle yid that's burning brightly. In every Jew, a striving, a yearning to Hashem, this masrus they love, and a commitment to Him. They look so cold, so cold sometimes. Some Jews look so cold on the outside, but inside they're so hot and they're so warm. Says the Rav, Avadim Hayinu Leparo is very different than Avde Paro. Avde Paro is a full and complete identification with Paro. Avde Paro Hayinu. We were never Avde Paro. It was on the outside. We were physically, socially, politically servants to Paro. Avadim Hayinu Leparo B'Mitzrayim. But we were not Avde Paro. We became Avde Hashem. We were not Avadim Lashem. Av, Avde Hashem versus Avadim Hayinu Leparo. And that's what we have to realize, says the Rav, every Jew has that fire inside and that's the message of the Sneh and that's Avde Paro. Line 26, and every Jew has to realize that deep down, there's this, this, this love, this fire inside. And that's why the Rabbim writes in the Chushuva that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises us that, ev- that B'nai Israel will do Tshuva. There's a promise that lost the love of B'nai Israel will come back and we will get over the Sinas Chinam, as hard as it may seem. And we will stop the inner fighting and we will get along with each other. Rabbim says we're going to do Tshuva. Line 36, we're like an ayol. What does that mean? In Ayal, running to the brook. You have a deer, you have a ewe running to the brook. Sometimes they don't even know where the brook is. 
but they're drawn towards it because there's this natural connection that they have to the water. So too, Akadish Baruch man is we're brought to Akadish Baruch Hu. We'd go there. David Amelach says, "Sometimes I walk and I end up in the base madrash. I don't know how I got here. I meant to go to the store. I end up in the base madrash. It's just this natural connection that we have. That's the snet. The snet doesn't burn because that's the deep love inside that every Jew has." Has for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and even though it looks cold and low, the bush—why a bush? How about a tree? A bush is the lowliest of bushes. Rav Hirsch says on the back page, it's so low, and yet there's still a fire in there. That's the message of the snap. That's the snap message of the fire not being burned. We have to realize this about ourselves, and we have to realize this about others as well. I'll just end with a one-liner. I usually start with a one-liner. But I'll end with a one-liner. I don't know if it's true. You have to ask the linguists out there. But uh, a chaver of mine told me to, uh, uh, just a one-line thought today. B'shem, a, uh, an altayin. The altayin out there. The altayin. We know that there is, in Yiddish, most Yiddish words for family members come from the German. Schwester, Tochter, right? Bruder. It's all German. What about grandchild? What is grandchild come? Anybody have to figure out a simcha this week? This is a good one to say. Grandchild ainical. Where does ainical come from? What's ainical? Hasne enenu ukol. Enenu ukol. You want to know what keeps the Jews going in the future generations? What doesn't let our fire out? The grandchildren. That we keep going from generation to generation. Hasne enenu ukol. It's the ainiklach. It's that generation that we see that we put so much kishkis into our family. That we want, we need to have those grandchildren. What other religion puts so much emphasis on family and children and grandchildren? That's what keeps us going. That's what prevents the fire from going out. And it's never extinguished. So, to have those anaklach following the Derech HaTorah, and also to realize this fire within us and within each of the Jews. And we should be zochet to that promise that the Rambam says, that all Jews will do tshuva and come back to Hakadosh Baruch Hu.